Beyond the Level podcast is brought to you by tinyhomes.com, focused on consumer protection for people and companies within the world of tiny homes. For more information, contact us at support at tinyhomes.com. Hi guys, welcome back. This is episode six and this is part three of our problems in the tiny home space series. <laughs> um, so if you've been listening, we uh, covered scams, just outright scams, mostly in social media. We covered um, issues with buying a used tiny home. And then in this episode, we're going to be covering uh, new built homes. Yeah, I think we're, <laughs> we entered into this sort of, you know, three podcasts ago. <laughs> Thinking it was going to be one. <laughs> I think it was going to be one. And now I think we're leaving with four. Because I think the other one we want to talk about is if indeed you're building your own yep. tiny home, sort of the DIY, what are some things that we see from once you go to sell that home or when someone's trying to buy that home, the problems we see. Mm. And that's probably, again, another, we'll do that in episode one. That's what, another seven. seven. <laughs> so in episode seven, we can This could be a whole uh, series, a so, whole show in, on, on itself. But this, so this, um, sorry to keep interrupting you, Kenny, but this episode, we are specifically talking about when you're going to a builder that is going to be building you a brand new home, what are things you need to look for? What are problems that we've seen arise in the tiny home space around this? Um, yeah. Yeah. So again, and you know, the other episodes we, we covered just straight scams that were just, just absolutely fake and scams. This, this, you know, an episode, what? Five. Five. Yeah, whatever we were episode six, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We covered sort of the ideas around sort of problems we're seeing in the used tiny home for sale markets. Which I think we have a lot more to say on that one, but we just have to tighten it up. And then (laughs) in this episode, we're sort of focused on, okay, if I'm going to a new builder, what are sort of some of the problems we're seeing? Um, That sort of commingle and then lastly in the last that we're going to maybe dive into this idea of like okay if you're building your own tiny home focused on what does that look like when you go to sell it and or some of the problems we've we've seen yeah because some people do that some people are looking to build a home to sell it or eventually maybe they're going to live in it for a while but they they're trying to make it like an investment for themselves so mm. what are things you need to look out for yeah what are those things what what helps you what you know what do you sort of think about potentially and again we focus on sort of our focus is on buying tiny homes like what is it when you buy a tiny home that's our sort of core focus we don't focus as much on the living in tiny homes and all of that stuff where there's about a 50 million podcasts about and tiny you know we're focused on when you're looking to buy a tiny home which is also the process of the other person on the other side selling a tiny home what's that relationship what are the things the pitfalls all the elements that come up. Yeah. So in that though, in this episode, in buying a tiny home, we're specifically talking about a brand new home that you are essentially commissioning a builder to build for you. And I guess what are things when you're going into it, what are things you need to 
ask or look for or know about and what are the problems that we have seen because we have seen some problems we have and so again to have some clarity we're talking about several lanes within this new tiny home right so we're talking one lane is the tiny home on wheels or the park model rv potentially that is built as a recreational vehicle that is going to be considered a tiny home. We've gotten into some of the other issues with that, but what is it to just buy that? And how do you sort of, what are the problems we've seen with builders around that? Then there's the modular home builders who there's modular home products out there. There's manufactured home products out there. Then there's kit home products out there. And what does that all look like for the consumer? So what we've seen in any of those lanes, and so we call those four different lanes, that the builders are not as transparent as they might otherwise be, that you, you or otherwise you might think they would be. And, and there's also issues in the market that causes that, right? There's. I mean, I think they consume. I think builders want to make sales. Yeah. And again, now that we talk about this, I think it's going to bleed into like. I know there's just so many things but I do think um one of the concepts is that there is this preconception of how much a tiny home costs and that can cause some issues when someone is selling a house right in terms of yeah yeah in terms of that there is it appears that there is this you know, preconceived notion that a tiny home is, I don't want to say cheap, but affordable. And that because of that, um, the reality is that the cost to build a tiny home can be quite large, quite. Yeah, it's, I think, again, it's it's so hard because, again, tiny homes is this marketing term and it fits in all of these different lanes. And sometimes when people talk about tiny homes, they're like looking at an RV and they're looking at these prefabbed RVs, and that can sometimes be considered a tiny home. So they're using that price point and applying it to like a custom tiny home on wheels, which yeah, is. Yeah, that's built way different. That is potentially built differently, right. but is not a guarantee that it's built yeah. differently. And people also make this blind assumption that, it, oh, well, that's just built better. It, no, not necessarily. Again, another four episodes. Yeah. So it's like. Um, <laughs> I mean, where do we start? I mean, what part of what do we want to digest here? With so us? I think that what we want to talk about is because this series is about problems. So I think it's um, misleading that can happen. So, I, OK, let me focus on this part. So what I see as a I see it across multiple channels here is that the builder over promises and under delivers. That just is a core factor, right? So the builder is out there saying, yes, we'll take your order in. And for whatever reason, they've taken your deposit and they have the best intention to deliver you a product, but they're dealing with supply issues, labor issues, cost issues. And so their timeline gets pushed out. And that's not very, that's pretty common in building in general, but it can get exacerbated by just how you know limited resources within tiny home builders and again we're starting you know there's you have some tiny home builders let's say we're let's just focus right now on tiny home on wheels yeah this 
park model RV from these smaller builders. Even if they're building 100 tiny homes a year, which is a lot, a lot for a, a small scale tiny home builder, it's still small relative to like larger scale builders. I think also an issue is that there's so much demand right now, and I think the you know we're we're talking about a, a particular issue that we have seen that we have personal experience in that um you know there is so much demand and like uh, someone that owns a tiny home building business is wanting to have business like they want to sell tiny homes so they're willing to take on all these orders and they just get over their head in, in it and I think that there's a lot, when you say there's a lot of demand, I think there's a lot of demand for, you know, A certain price point. At a price point. Yep. Once you start moving into that larger price exactly. point, yep. the demand, like, Which relates up. back to that concept I was talking about before, about the, you know, affordable, that tiny houses, because they're small, they're affordable. And, um, yeah, there's a market demand for a certain price point. And that price point has certainly probably gone up and sometimes that cons- that builder has given promises at that lower price point and it's hard to say to a customer you know we gave you a commitment at 50 but we're really at 95 you know we're like twice as much now because our labor literally is like our labor rates are more we have less people to use whatever those yeah, variables are, are our, our leases than- have gone up supplies have gone up whatever like, it is there's a lot of factors that go into that um but people, yeah. So I think it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it, we see it at larger, you know, and again, this is, again, we, we're, you know, we have this, there's this concept out there of builders that are trying to raise money in, let's say, crowdfunding campaigns. And so they're, because they're trying to build like technology around affordable housing. And in that, they're giving a lot of promises that, and they're taking on deposits that they may or may not deliver on that product. And they've taken money in because they're trying to build a scalable business that either they're going to sell on the open market or whatever. So as a consumer, all that stuff and noise around that, like it's confusing. Like you think that it's very confusing. It's very it's like it sounds great. You're like, oh my gosh, I can get this incredible home. It's delivered and whatever. But like, what we notice is that like, wait, so what is that classified at? Is that is that actually a modular home? Is that a manufactured home? Is that a tiny home on wheels? And it's like sometimes these new builders they like give promises for all of it. They're like, yeah, it can be a tiny home on wheels as a park model RV. It can be a modular home. It can be a manufactured Basically home. Basically telling you what you want to hear. How can it be a manufactured home yeah. at the same time it's a modular home? <laughs> and like the requirements of a, of a modular home are pretty stringent, right? It's like per state. And so they get these terms get used very loosely and the consumer gets pretty misled pretty fast. And then you have all these sort of influencers out there pushing this information and it can deceive the consumer pretty fast where you're like, yeah, but it says it online and I have this influencer and that influencer and I saw this on YouTube and they say it's reasonable and it's like it might be reasonable, but it certainly might not be reasonable. And again, it gets confusing because we're talking a tiny home on wheels as a park model RV all these other different lanes. And I think in every lane, we're seeing this just general concept of over-promising and under-delivering. And it's not done maliciously. It's meant because you're just trying to build your business up, right? You're wanting to take orders and you don't want to not take orders in. 
but you're trying to manage all that. Either you're a startup trying to build tiny home on wheels and you have two bays in which to build homes. Now you got to go get additional leases to create four and six bays. That costs a lot. takes a lot. Building tiny homes just takes a lot of overhead. And you have either the small scale builders who just don't, maybe they're not well capitalized. So there's just risk. And so I guess what is it? How does the consumer, you know, to yeah. digest all that. How does the consumer what get is the protected? Consumer, mm-hmm. What does the consumer need to do to... Because I think also the issue is that there isn't currently a lot of protection for the consumer. So when you're going to look to buy a new tiny home, you kind of need to be your own protection. So what does a consumer need to do? And I think this is the, the, our conversation is basically the same. If you listen back to our episodes. We're so, I feel like we're like doom and gloom here. I know. But it's like the same. I think that honestly it's like there's different problems, but the solutions are sort of the same. Yeah. Which is it is interesting. That does seem to be the theme, right? There, there are very different problems, but the solutions are the so checks and balances are sort of the same. Which is like, if you're going, if you're going to buy a home, treat it like you're buying a home. A home that doesn't it doesn't matter if it's a home on wheels as a RV or if it is a modular home, a manufactured home, or a kit home. Treat it like you know, like a regular home. So with these other lanes though, know how it's going to be used. I think that's part of what we're seeing with the builders is they're not as transparent as possible about use. So yeah, they're selling you a modular home, but it's like, they're just using that word, even though it's like, yeah, well, is that home, does it have, does it have modular approval in your state? And like, are you sure that you're able to do that, that and that as a modular home in the state of wherever you live? Like they're kind of just giving this broad stroke about how modular homes fit in and modular homes are treated specific to each state. So I think it's same. It's like, I think that's the core element. Just treat it like a normal home. Don't sort of just take things at face value. If you're buying a tiny home on wheels, protect your, protect your investment. Try to do inspections throughout the entire process. Don't just take their yeah. quote unquote memberships that and they be might careful, have. Be careful of value. like deposits that you give too, right? Like, be super careful of deposits. Try to oversee that. So if you, we've even seen where it's like, yeah, we, you're basically seeing performance and things being done in your home, and at the end of at the end of it, your home doesn't even get delivered to you; it gets delivered to someone else. <laughs> so like, it's super hard. I mean, at the end of the day, ideally, you wouldn't give any money until your product is delivered to you, and or at least have some very solid oversight as to where that money is going or sitting. And I get the problem is builders are forced to especially the small scale ones, right? They're, they're building it for you. So they need the money. Right, They need the money. And so the way in which to protect yourself in that element. So if indeed you're going to either use an escrow service and pay for it once the product is delivered, or if that is not an option, we recommend a performance bond. So if you're going to be incrementally paying for something, regardless of what it is and whatever lane it is in required. That's something I've never heard of before. Performance bond. A performance bond is a pretty standard detail within commercial construction, especially within municipal builds. So if I'm going to build something for a municipality, you want to protect yourself in terms of, Hey, look, I'm going to give out like they're you know they're good so they have the they have the performance bond it's something that they have they have it 
So it's not something that typical, typically like a single person would have, but it is something that's possible to get. Yeah. So you would ask, you would request it and it, it's a fee, but you would ask, you know, it's like, you, and it's not it's necessarily a way to typical. Yourself. So yeah. most builders are going to have a performance bond that's required by the state. That performance bond is significantly lower than potentially the actual build itself. So again, you have to kind of get into what is their, you know, what does their bonding look like? What's mm-hmm. required by the state? And then what's applicable to this build? And so what we're seeing and identifying and not... That is a good concept. I think people go into buying something thinking that, oh, well, I'm protected if something happens to this house, but they're not. So you have to protect yourself. And it gets pretty complicated, honestly. I mean, ideally, you know, if you're having someone build something for you, what we've learned is you really want to know what, honestly, their general liability looks like. So what happens if your home that they're building gets destroyed during the process. What happens? Don't just assume that that building is going to get protected or whatever. It, it's actually pretty daunting. You actually want to know like, okay, because that's your product sitting there in their shop getting built. It's like your, it's like your car or whatever. You're, so what happens? If it gets stolen, what happens? If, if there's a fire, what happens? Who protects it? How, what kind of classification? How is it, what is it considered? Is it considered a new home? Is it considered, what is it? You know? So would you say that most tiny home builders would have specific protection for your home that would cover you? Or is that something that you would, I know I can't say a blanket statement for all builders and everything, but is that something that you think at least as a consideration that you would need to get your own protection for that. I would, I think that you would, you would want to want to be listed as additionally insured, but I think you would also want to ask in, especially with smaller scale builders, even bigger scale builders, what does your general liability look like? What are my protections? What happens in the case of X, Y, and Z? What happens in the case of theft? What happens in the case of fire? What happens in the case of neglect? Right, because what happens is if you if that builder sees significant loss, but they also don't have a lot of backing and capital, they go. We are seeing tiny home builders go out of business left, right, and center. It is a it is right. People think that building tiny homes is a gold rush, and it is a very very hard business. And many many people have either you know been left consumers holding the bag, and builders that have just gone out of business because. A plus B just couldn't equal C and they've endured a lot more expenses and overhead and all these problems that didn't work out. And so in that, if a smaller scale builder, something happens to your home, how are they, how are they going to be able to manage that? Well, so our suggestions are one, look at, look for a performance bond and have that be part of the cost. Even if that cost for that performance bond is, if you're having a home built that costs you $75,000 and that performance bond costs you a couple thousand dollars to make sure that, hey, look, I'm giving these deposits in and if I don't get delivered my product, I want insurance. That's, that's what that does for you. So it protects you against loss. What's the general liability insurance look like? If fire happens, what happens? How do I get protected? If there's the, law, the roof cave, you know, who protects that? Who covers that, right? Those are the two big elements of like, if if I give money and I don't get my product, how am I protected? That's at its core. Because once that company goes bankrupt or there's major loss, you are out. What we've seen is that consumer is basically SOL. Yeah. And... Yeah, unfortunately, there are a lot more protections um, 
for the builder as far as like if they go out of business or they, they're bankrupt like there's some protection for them and for the consumer there's there's very little in other markets there's because there's because we're still in the wild west of like time again we're in these different lanes when we talk modular homes there's different I think checks we're and balances. Specifically, and, yeah, you know? I think the lane we're in right now in this series is tiny home on wheels. In this, yeah, I think we're kind of in this. You know, I think we can address manufactured and modular and what that looks like more specifically. But in here, like, what does that look? And it's really, I mean, what we're talking about, and what we're kind of coming to is like, I'm feeling overwhelmed even talking about it. It's like, how does the consumer actually navigate all this? And is, does it happen all the time? I mean, no. I mean that. Like, I don't know what percentage of consumers, if 10 people go out and buy tiny homes, how many sort of have some kind of problem. Yeah. But honestly, it's shocking to us that we see, hear story and story I know, story it's crazy. It feels like, story. I feel overwhelmed and it's like, oh my gosh, it feels impossible to buy a tiny home. But it, it's not. There's just a lot of things that you have to really be careful of. And I don't know, I think it, like, we're coming more to, it's like, it's not... Not that you can't do it on your own. You can't, like, definitely be your own advocate. But, like, really go through a p- third party. Like, rely on other people. Like, use other other sources to have protection for yourself. I mean, we're not saying builders out there trying to rip people off, like, just carte blanche. But, like, don't just go into this. No, but, put- and that's the thing. Unfortunately, like, what is happening is that there are builders with good intentions or have every intention of building that house. It's just there's so many factors that go into it that unfortunately it's just unrealistic sometimes for them to there's yeah to provide it's also different when you have like your people are compare like people who are building rvs to like these scale tiny home like small scale tiny home builders and it's just like night and day you have one that's like um they're doing like multiple RVs like in a day, you know what I mean? I mean, they're like that massive scale with massive like. I know it's like apples and oranges. It's, it's so just such different. a different and people, thing, and they get lumped in the same category, and it's unfair, really. Yeah. Then you have these other builders, and then there was there was, this, and I guess that's a whole. Other All right, thing. we're going down oh a whole new <laughs> that clearly we're passionate about, but you know, I think we've that's episode. What are we on episode six? Are we? It's episode. Yeah. Yeah. Episode six of this series. We have a lot to cover. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. um so that's the new home build. Um any lasting thoughts on that? I guess protect yourself is <laughs> I mean, protect yourself and it's also I guess I you know, I saw this on a bumper sticker a while ago. It's like don't believe everything you think. You know, like tread lightly. I know it's like people just have in their head like, oh well. My friend did it, so this is reality, and it's like, or, oh, I know these other people are out there doing it, so this is going to work for me, and, like... Just be careful. Protect be yourself. Careful um, consider it's not just the price. Like, it's it's protection against, like... Know that, like, the cost of the build is one thing, but you're going to have right. a lot of other I think costs. that is key, and that it has been a recurring theme in this series of episodes, is that the cost is not just the cost of what the tiny home is. And think of it... I, th- I really think that the theme that we're kind of landing on is think of it as you're buying a home. And if you're going to buy a traditional home, there's a lot of things that you're not just writing a check for that home. There's inspections and other insurances and things that you do to protect yourself. And I think that's that's sort of the mindset that 
you need to have when you're looking at a, buying a tiny home. Absolutely. I think that's that's the key is like there's a there is just additional cost. We don't know exactly what that is. It's going to vary, but if certainly the infrastructure costs is, Just know that going in. Just know that like the tie, the house alone is a cost and that to protect yourself along the way is a cost and it's going to be thousands of dollars to do that to like protect yourself, but know that it's significantly important um, and worth it. Well, I think that ends our discussion on the new build. And then next episode, episode seven, is going to be on when you're building a home yourself. All right, we'll try that one. And then I guess episode eight can more be <laughs> Well, because stay tuned. Plans. Stay tuned on our series of problems yeah, in yeah, the tiny yeah. home space. Thank you for listening. Thank you, guys. Beyond the Level podcast is brought to you by tinyhomes.com focused on consumer protection for people and companies within the world of tiny homes. For more information, contact us at support at tinyhomes.com.